There's a lot of birds that you must see, and many places to visit that we can agree. <laughs> yeah, thank you for tuning in to Hannah and Eric Go Birding, a podcast by birders for birders. I'm Hannah, and he's Eric. And we created this podcast to share our adventures, sometimes misadventures, and opinions that we have on birding topics. We are definitely not experts in anything we discuss that might be controversial. We want you to remember that there are our own opinions, and they might be different from yours. So I don't know about you, Eric, but I'm like worn out. Like Seriously. January has been exhausting. <laughs> so we've we've done a little bit of a little bit of birding, but uh, at the hotel we are in the middle of some uh, what could be considered minor innovations, but are major for us. So if <laughs> if you're a new listener to our pod, um, we manage my family's hotel in Cannon Beach, Oregon, and mm-hmm. it's a small property. We have twelve rooms that we run out. And my family has owned it since the 60s, and we re- we renovated in 2004, and so now we're renovating um, a couple of the rooms to see how it goes, and yeah. we're, um, you know, your typical, like, small business owners. Small that, business, do it yourself, yeah, get so it done. Eric's been doing a lot of work the last couple of days, yeah. building stu- custom stuff, and um, putting in new flooring and he's worn out. I know yeah. that. Oh yeah. So we, l- last year we started with doing a little, a uh, couple of headboards. Um, now this year we're doing some more headboards and replacing hard surface flooring, which is installing a lot of the vinyl planks, um, replacing the mop boards, all the, all the, all the fun stuff that comes with, uh, pulling toilets, putting them back, all that, all that stuff. So it's a lot, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of work. My knees are when you're tired. <laughs> but it's going to look great. Oh my gosh, it looks so amazing. If you guys have seen the hotel before, it was pretty awesome. And then you see it afterwards, it's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is so amazing. And we have our <laughs> own um, Facebook page for the hotel. Yes. It's the Seabreeze Court. So if you look up Seabreeze Court on Facebook, as soon as Eric has some finished product pictures, yeah. we'll post those up there. So you yeah, can see I've... what it looks like if you want to know what we do in our off-birding podcast life. Yeah, so I, I've been really bad about taking pictures the first uh first couple rooms we did i didn't take any before after during anything but the room i'm working on right now um i took a couple before pictures um well I, that i'm working on that um me and your your father my father-in-law your my father, father. <laughs> whatever it is we're, we're we are working on them together we're, we're getting it done um i didn't take any pictures before now this room that we're working on now um i took a couple befores a couple during and i'll um I'll finish up either today or tomorrow with it, probably today, and uh, take some finished, finished product, finished product pictures of what the what the new flooring looks like, and we can post a little compilation on the Facebook page for the hotel. Yeah, it's exciting for yeah. us. <laughs> <laughs> and um, if you haven't listened and you don't know about the hotel, we offer a birder discount. Yes. So if you book, call us direct, if you book direct with us, so not using like Expedia or Orbitz or Hotels.com or booking or any of those, but if you call our phone number and book directly with us and then either let us know your birder or like prove your birder. I don't know if this goes like wild and like we get a lot of reservations, then we're going to have some sort of system where you have to prove to us your birder. Um, but right now we haven't had enough uh, interest. So I imagine <laughs> just let it's us mostly know. only going to be birders listening to this. So I think for the most part we should be okay. Yeah. But. We'll see. So uh, the beer of the episode. So we, uh, the episode is sponsored by a beer. Well, not really sponsored. <laughs> brought to you. It's brought to you by. <laughs> Inspired by. Yeah. So we um, were so fortunate to go out the other. So we don't get to meet like a lot of birders and not necessarily a lot of people that are our age, like in the day to day, because we live in like a re- kind of a retire. It's not a retirement community. It's just like a community that tends to have older residents. It's Cannon Beach. Yeah. So anyway, it's the Cape Cod of the West. <laughs> um, so we were so excited the other day to go uh, out with some other people our age and go have a beer, which is what I've always wanted is like people to go birding with and then have beers with. Yeah. Um, we and, just didn't get to go birding. We just had a beer. Yeah. Um, but anyways, we all went to Ex Novo Brewing, which mm-hmm. is in Portland. They have three uh, locations, one in Portland, Oregon, one in Beaverton, Oregon, and then one in New Mexico. Nice. And Eric, you want to tell us about your beer you so had? So I had um, their Elliott IPA. Or I don't know if it's Elliott IPA or just Elliott. But it, it's an IPA. It was uh, very, as they call it, hop forward. 
Their their menu is split up malt forward, hop forward, and like two other different categories. But um, it was the, one of their hop forward beers, so it's it was an IPA, <laughs> a Northwest IPA. It's really it was really good. So um, it was I guess the description is like clear and crisp and with a good head with with a good head and um, there was fruit on the fruit on the front end, hops on the back end. <laughs> it's it's good. It was it was a really good IPA. It was not too overpowering. I think IBUs at sixty five, um, like six point five percent alcohol. So it was it was a really good IPA. And it was like, called. It's like their um, flagship. IPA, I think it's their flagship it? IPA. Yeah, Elliot. It's, it's really good. What would you have? I had, I had to get, like I've been into sours lately, and so I had to get this one. It was called "Are You Not Entertained by Peaches?" <laughs> and it's in all caps. Too, so, all caps. Yeah. All, all the other beers, they capitalize the first letter, as you do with the proper word. This is all caps the whole way. I just imagine a couple brewers, like, trying to, you know, fight over what are they going to make next. And one of them just like, are you not entertained by peaches? <laughs> so anyways, it was a sour. I think it was called, like, uh, a little, or it's, you know, what kind of beer it is. It was like a little pastry sour or something like that. But it was delicious. It had light peach flavor. It wasn't overly sour like a lemon head but you know just a little bit sour um and it was like a crisp light beer so i really enjoyed it and you said it was like a sour berliner weiss isn't berliner that weiss, yeah. it's, that? A, it's a berliner weiss and then they add um the sour after they've brewed so then it makes it sour well it was delicious yeah. and i or wish i last step of the process i don't know i wish i had some more i it was my perfect combination of sour and fruity <laughs> so in our time outside of getting stuff done here at the hotel we've had the chance to go uh do a little bit of birding yes there's been a rare bird to show up in oregon just like what 10 miles north of us yeah it's called a mountain plover yeah it's a super exciting bird it's uh, i think it's 13th state record and first county record according to oregon uh, birding association their records committee and it was found by one of our friends who doesn't e-bird yeah. and doesn't <laughs> facebook as far as i'm aware and he has so... no internet presence at all which I, <laughs> I guess is probably relaxing for him yeah but he he texted it to some of his the people you know on his text chain yeah and said hey there's this bird here so one of our other friends um went out that day and found it and he got all these pictures of it like walking up to him he was like <laughs> it's so friendly and comes right up to you. you just plop down on a log and it walks right over so the next day we went out and looked for it and nothing we no. ran into diana who we had done um uh, one of our previous episodes with mm -hmm. if you remember uh, about the oregon burning association president she was out there looking for it too and we uh talked about it for a few minutes and then this went separate ways in search of the bird and then after what like half an hour of looking around nothing yeah so we just went home so the area that it's at is the, called the Nicanicum Estuary. It's where the Nicanicum River in Clatsop County, Oregon, meets the Pacific Ocean. And it's this estuary in between two major cities on the coast. Um, there's beach access, and then the river also moves pretty frequently. So we had looked at a map. Um, to see like what the landscape looks like and it's completely different on google maps from what it looks like right now <laughs> it's, it's all sand the whole area is sand so it's one rainstorm the whole thing shifts by 100 feet like it's back and forth back and forth super easy Not, nothing rock solid holding it in place yeah so um the initial sighting had put it kind of out on the sand spit that you can access like in the vegetation or not the vegetation line, the, but rack the, line. the rack line um the high tide line and it was poking around through there for you know invertebrates and things like that and then somebody else had said it was running away from the waves like on the beach side mm -hmm. so um we looked all over throughout there and nothing so then we left and you know, waited for the eBird sightings to roll in, and they did later that afternoon. Like, like we were two out, hours after we left, we were out there at like eight thirty in the morning, and then like two hours later, we got a uh, e uh, rare bird rare, alerts rolling in. That Diana had seen it at like noon. We we're like, what the heck? We just saw you, and we both dipped on it. Yeah, so that was a bummer. Yeah, but we ended up seeing it a couple couple days later. Big huge rainstorm blew in. I think it. Uh, nobody saw the bird for like three days or two days. And then, uh, and then we were out there with, uh, with Audrey 
Yep, and one we... of our uh, friends from Portland. So we were out on the beach, and, you know, like I said, it was seen at the rock line, it was seen at the ocean, and so we were kind of, like, out in that area looking at the ocean and along the surf line to see if it was out there. And then down in the distance, in the dunes, we saw uh, the guy who originally had spotted it, yeah. but he was, like, a couple hundred yards away. Like, we could only tell it was him through our binoculars. <laughs> And so we were like trying to wave him down to get him to come over. But then he went up on the dune and he was gone. He must have headed to his car or something yeah. like that. So um, we're, I was thinking like this isn't really like a shorebird that like hangs out at the edge of the ocean. And so it's probably not familiar with that kind of habitat. And it yeah. might be a little uncomfortable. So I was like, let's walk over to the estuary like closer and see if, you know, maybe it's popped up over there. Because mm-hmm. it, it like slopes the dune that you walk on, which is... Um, like the floodplain right there, yeah. it like slopes down to the river. So I was thinking maybe it was along the edge of the river. Yeah, maybe. And so we went over there and we were just about to give up and we were like looking all over. There's a big um, sandbar island in the middle of the river that is split or that splits the river and you can't access it. And so I think sometimes it's an island. Sometimes it's a peninsula connected to the south side. Yeah. It's, it's all sand out there. It's so called Ogie Island. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, which we didn't know until we looked at the map. Yeah, Google says that. Uh, <laughs> nobody else knows that. <laughs> but we were looking at it and just we we're Eric and I were about to give up because we had to get back and work on the the flooring and then audrey was like what's that little lump over there and so i get the scope and i could not find what they were talking about they were like you see there's like twigs in the the beach and then there's like a little bit of a pile of grass you're like there's a hay pile so i expected like a bale of hay to have been like dumped out or something like that but um i think it was like 10 sticks of hay, like little straws. But anyways, I think Eric was the one that got the scope on it. And yeah. he was like, yep, that's the mountain plover. Yeah, Audrey, Audrey definitely spotted it. It was plover. It was a little plover-shaped thing. So, so it's a tan, very small tan plover, um, really kind of a tawny color, black bill, white belly, no bands, no like black dark bands like uh, Kildeer or um, Wilson's plover or anything like that. But uh, it's just... It, I guess it's a medium-sized plover. It's not not as small as those guys, but yeah, it's it's, it's a medium-sized plover. It's a bigger one. Yeah, it's just sitting there, sand-colored bird on the sand, at five hundred yards or five hundred <laughs> feet. It was just way out there. So we got the scope on it and good looks, and I I digiscoped it a fair number of times. And Audrey was texting all her friends like, "Yeah, we found it, we found it, come look." And she didn't have a scope with her. It was she had left it in her car, and then um, a couple other people were gonna come, but they didn't have scopes. So Eric and I were like, "Ooh, we're the only one with the scope." We should be responsible and stick around until somebody else with a scope arrives. Yeah, because we're the kind of people that like sees the bird, checks it out for like fifteen, twenty minutes, and then we're ready to move on. I'm, I'm I like to watch them, but it wasn't it wasn't doing anything. It was just sitting there. <laughs> it, but... it was it was it wasn't hungry. It was just like hanging out. It was loafing. Eric was trying to figure out how to swim over to the island though, and like the current was going pretty strong, so I was afraid he's was, not a was, great swimmer. I was trying to judge if I if it was like if it was knee deep. I was like, if it's knee deep, I could just take off my shoes and go across. No. But it like looking at definitely deeper than knee deep. So I walked. I think it was like chest deep. Yeah, I think so. Like at that spot. So I was thinking if I walk downstream a little bit, it widens out. Maybe it's a little bit shallower. I I couldn't figure it out. I didn't think it was worth going across if I had to swim. Because then I couldn't bring my camera to take a picture. Yeah, so what would be the point? Yeah, but it's—I saw some rare bird alerts come in saying a guy took his canoe across or took his kayak or something. He paddled—he paddled across and got got a whole bunch of pictures like super close to the birds. So I don't condone that. I'll jokingly talk about swimming across, but I won't. Like, I don't know how close he actually got to the bird, but people could definitely be irresponsible for getting too close and, yeah, and that's, flushing a bird that's and, why a lot of people don't like to talk about nesting birds yeah, or like exactly. owls because they know you know not everybody is as responsible as you, as other people uh, yeah so <laughs> yeah so I'll, I'll jokingly talk about it but i'm not gonna actually go swim out across or bring my kayak down like you looked like you were gonna swim across i wasn't gonna swim across there's but I, I'll, I'll definitely talk about it that i want to because it's i was so jealous of mike that he gets these pictures like <laughs> sit, sit, sitting on a log and the bird walks right up to him yeah right we're standing on the beach 500 feet away, just just cursing at Mike. Like, we're, we've been standing here for half an hour, and it hasn't come any closer. <laughs> so that was really cool. Yeah. And we got to meet some people that we've never birded with before. Yeah, meet, meet some people that we've known online but don't know personally. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Chase Bird is always fun. Yeah. 
And then we've had the honor of meeting the unicycle the big day. The unicycler. Yeah. 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 So he um, he posted on uh, Obal that he, he was coming through here and he was wondering if he had any, if Obal had is any the, hits. Obal is the Oregon Birders yeah. Online, the it's Oregon the list, Listserv. It's the Oregon Listserv. Yeah, the Oregon Birding Listserv. He posted on there that uh, he was going to be through this area during these dates and he was wondering if anybody knew where, where he should stop or and then i think he mentioned something about not, not having a place to stay for a couple nights yeah so then we offered up hey if you want to you want to stay with us for a little bit go um just just let us know and we can we can see if we can get something figured out and then uh he ended up contacting me back and we got we got the honor of hosting him we took him out to dinner and i got to ride you my unicycle a little bit with him <laughs> got a little video on uh on facebook about that had some had a really good time talking to him about uh what he's done so far and what his plan is for the next uh, 11 months yeah, of so, unicycling. So his name's J.P. Moss. He's from Georgia. Yes. Um, I think Augusta. Yeah, Augusta, Georgia. Originally. And um, he graduated college a couple years ago, did some field work, and thought, you know, maybe I should get out there and do a big year. Yeah. Yeah, so he's, he's riding a big 36-inch wheel. Um, Going to be riding that thing. I think the route is, it's a one-way route. Because unicycles are just a little bit slower than a bike. <laughs> but he's a one-way route from Olympia down to California, and then from California heading uh, approximately heading I-10 east um, all the way over to Georgia. So if That's you want to fo- follow him, his website's 2020 Division. And is, we'll post that in the show notes. Yeah, he's got a little blog that he's been posting to, um, giving updates as to what he's seen, where he's gone, all that, all that fun stuff. And you get to follow along in his... Like, miserable, rainy weather that's going on right now. <laughs> and if you haven't seen, we made a short video with yeah. him and posted it on our Facebook page the other day, as well as on our YouTube channel. So, yeah, check so that out. Our, our YouTube channel that has, like, four videos on it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, we're trying. I, I, st- I started putting our po- the podcasts, like, trans converting them to videos and then posting them, but it just took so long to do that. I, I think there's only eight of them on there. I don't even know if there's that many. And we're in episode 42. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I'm so far behind on that. And Guys, we're really letting you down, yeah. and I'm sorry. You, you can listen to us like this, or you could just not hear us at all, I guess. Wow. <laughs> or listen to the first four, four or five episodes on YouTube. Apparently those are your options. That's your option. Listen to us or don't. <laughs> yeah, or don't, you know. But please listen. <laughs> yeah, please. We appreciate it. And we are excited to say that uh, this last episode, our highest listenership was from Anchorage, Alaska and Warrington, Oregon. They were tied Ooh. for first. Warrington's and just right here. Warrington's our town, guys. Kind of. Sort of. Um, and Chicago was a very close second. So thank you all to the, those of you who listened in those areas and as well as everywhere else. And if you would like your city to have a shout out in one of our episodes, <laughs> get more of your friends in that city to listen to us. Yeah. Yeah. Anchorage and Warrington did it. Yeah. Your right? city could be next. You don't win anything, but <laughs> me to say your city name. Yeah. So, um, Hannah has some stuff to tell us about the women in step, how you guys are doing. Yeah. So, uh, if you've listened to us in the past, you'll know that I am so honored to be part of the champions of the flyway, which is a birding competition in Israel. Mm-hmm. And I am on a team called the women in step, which is the first all women's international team to compete. And this is a 24 hour big day competition that takes place in a lot Israel, uh, right at the convergence of Israel, uh, Jordan, and Egypt right. at the Red Sea. Yeah. Yeah, the Dead Sea. Red Sea. Red one sea. of the seas. But the sea. I know it's really salty, and it's like the one you can float on top of because it's so salty. Uh, we need to do a geography lesson, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, so part of this competition is trying to raise as much, each team is trying to raise as much money as possible mm-hmm. for the conservation project of the year. And this year is to support um, BirdLife International's uh, conservation efforts for the steppe eagle, which is a species of eagle that's normally seen in Uzbekistan and Kazakhstan, but mm-hmm. we also have the potential of seeing in Israel. Oh, really? Yeah. That'd be exciting. So, um, very... steppe eagles while you're working to save steppe eagles. Yeah, so very uh, honorable mission, and I'm excited to be a part of it, as well as, you know, not just promoting the conservation efforts of the eagle, but also to be on this um, amazing team of other birders and 
of women birders and mm-hmm. trying to promote women birding and a place where, you know, um, women don't necessarily have all the same um, rights and privileges that we do in the U.S. Yeah. And we are really honored also to be sponsored. Um, we recently received sponsorship um, commitments from Kawa Optics, which is really cool. And our friend Jeff Booten, yeah. he's uh, one of the reps for that organization. So Super nice guy. Yeah. And so we're so glad that they have um, honored us with that, as well as Wonderbird Shirts, which is a company in Israel that makes these really cool birding shirts. And they're going to outfit us with these shirts for the competition that has like, um, they have like pockets for like uh, notebooks in your like stomach area. <laughs> and then um, like a pocket to keep your binoculars warm, yeah. <laughs> like in your chest area. So I'm really excited to try out those shirts and so honored that these guys have. Um, donated to us and also we are right at the halfway mark of how much money we've raised for the competition so we have like a month and a half left to keep raising funds and so far we've raised three thousand dollars and that's amazing yeah that's awesome (laughs) yeah i i wasn't quite sure how we were going to get there i know everybody else on the team is like self-assured about it and they're like yeah it's not going to be a big deal or anything but i was like how are we going to raise all this money i think there, you guys should have the unofficial goal of getting double your goal. That's well. Let's that's make our think. goal first. No, no, no. just jump right from getting to the halfway point all the way to getting to the double point. That's, okay. That's that's the objective now. So so no longer six thousand. We want twelve thousand. <laughs> and uh, we've done this through just requests, uh, our friends donating, and also we are selling stickers on Etsy, which we can include in the show notes. Oh, yeah. And if you yeah. order the small sticker, the um, one that has like a rainbow in the background, um, then Eric and I will throw in a Hannah and Eric Go Birding sticker as well. Uh, the other one was made by Emily Phoenix. Um, from Monomet, and it's amazing also. Oh, yeah. So buy both of them. And yeah, buy both the stickers. Buy, buy 10 of each, you know. Sure. Buy yeah. a lot of stickers. Yeah, we have that many. <laughs> um, but Or also just donate to the cause. I'd really appreciate it. And I, we've had some uh, people ask us if we do a Patreon. Uh, and, you know, we've said it before. Like, we don't we don't want your money. <laughs> don't give us money. No, um, it's just that no, we, your your money is better served in, in conservation. Yeah, exactly. Like if you can, if you have money to give, don't give it to us. Give it to some somebody that's in need of for conservation help. So, donate to your local Audubon chapter. Donate to BirdLife International. To um, American Birding um, or Conservancy. Conservancy. Yeah. ABC. Um, d- donate to one of these agencies doing actual conservation work. That's m- money that's going to be out there helping birds helping wildlife and we think it's really cool that you guys want to donate to us and give us money um oh like, definitely that's, yeah, that's super cool that's super, like a, a how often honor. do you get people that are like i want to give you money <laughs> yeah, that, that, that never happens in real life yeah so, so we thank really, you so much for thinking about that. yeah we really appreciate it um but if you have wanted to give us money in the past please donate to this cause um in you know in honor of us i guess i don't know yeah or just say like hannah and eric told me to yeah <laughs> Say, 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 you can say something about us. That's fine. Yeah, it won't I'll, hurt my feelings. We'll send you a sticker if you say that and give us your address. <laughs> yeah. Um, so thank you guys for, if you have donated, it's a huge accomplishment to raise $3,000 for this. And we can't wait to see how much we actually get. Yeah, seriously. So this episode, we got, had the chance to sit down at a coffee shop with uh, Sarah Swanson. Um, she's the author of... Uh, must see birds, birds of the of Pacific, Pacific Northwest. Exactly. A little little subtitle there <laughs> of the Pacific Northwest. So it's a little um, like kind of a field guide, kind of a travel guide of the must see birds of the Pacific Northwest. I think it's eighty five species mm-hmm. that are highlighted throughout this book. That are all birds that are pretty much like not endemic, but they're un- unforgettable, I guess. And I guess Unforgettable's on the front of the book. Yeah, so, uh, go. There we go. so you just read I, that. I, I just read that a second ago. So they're really like Tufted Puffins, Calliope hum- Hummingbird, um, Lewis's Woodpecker. You have a bunch of things that are like really good birds to come and see. Things that you really want to hunt after in Oregon. And it, the book basically highlights all these birds and where to go, how to find them, and different trips to go on. And Sarah, I you know, we found out about this book and everything because I just stumbled upon her on Twitter and we've been back and forth on Twitter and she's just hilarious. And I always think of her as like the gift goddess because she always has the perfect gift for the occasion. So, um, 
enjoy listening to what she has to say. Uh, her book is awesome. And yeah. follow her on Twitter. Yeah, and while, while we were doing the interview, there were a fair number of birds calling in the background. There's also a door slamming every once in a while. There's also coffee shop noises. There's coffee shop noises. So you can noises. feel like you're at the coffee shop exactly. with us. Exactly. Yeah, just close your eyes, relax, drink a coffee. And they put a heart on my in. latte if you want to yeah. try that. Three little hearts connected is nice. Yeah. It was a cute little thing. Um, but listen to the birds. I think I think I had four species when I was doing when I was editing her thing. <laughs> see, see, see if you can pick up on all four of them. Okay, so we're sitting here at Maplewood Coffee and Tea, I believe, in the burbs of Portland. And we're here with Sarah. <laughs> Um, who is the author of Musty Birds, uh, a fantastic book that we picked up a couple months ago when we started having conversations, and um, we thought it was a really good, uh, a really good book for people coming to the Portland area and the Pacific Northwest for like getting used to some of the more common birds and some of the really interesting birds and the was, things that you must see. Yeah, the birds exactly. you must see in, in in Oregon. Yeah, so tell us about yourself. Well, uh, my name is Sarah Swanson. I am the author of Musty Birds of the Pacific Northwest. I'm a, a fifth generation Oregonian. Oh, wow. So oh, nice. I um, have lived here, you know, all of my life except for a little bit of school. And um, the Oregon coast is kind of my favorite part of the state. There's a lot of coastal birds in our book. The The beach birds chapter is uh, disproportionately <laughs> large. Yeah, it was hard to, you know, cut any of those. Um, I was pretty happy about that. Yeah. yeah. yeah being with us living on the coast, it's like, oh, good. Well, that's really close yeah, to puffins. us. All, all, all these spots that you recommend are like, oh, yeah. we're like, I was really happy to see a lot of Haystack Rock spots. Yes. Well, Haystack Rock has always been like a place that we've taken um, Vertifon teams mm. for the Audubon Society of Portland. And um, I feel like every time we go there, we have some cool bird encounter, like any season of the year. Yeah. So that's awesome. it's, and the puffins are, of course, on the cover of our book <laughs> as, as they should be <laughs> like the reaction of like literally 50% of the people that see our book is puffins. <laughs> and then half of those people say, I didn't know you could see puffins in Oregon. Oh wow. As oh, really? if someone had been holding out on them. And so I tell them <laughs> that big secret. the best place is, is Haystack Rock yeah. because it's so much closer. They're also on the Haystack Rock in Pacific city, which Great oh. job naming those ones, everybody. <laughs> um, but they that rock is about a mile offshore. And okay. so you can see little puffin-shaped, you know, specks flying in and out. Um, it's, not, it's not worth going there. Just, you might as well go to Cannon Beach. Just go to Cannon Beach, yeah. <laughs> so I'm, right now I'm the um, coordinator for the Birdathon for the Audubon Society of Portland, um, or Portland Audubon, as they're calling themselves now. Um, so I run that fundraiser. We have 30-something teams that go out across the state and uh, raise money for Portland Audubon's conservation and education and wildlife rehabilitation programs. So that's keeping me pretty busy. And then I'm also um, the president-elect of the Oregon Birding Association. Oh, I know. congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, I, awesome. So I'm a board member on that. I just started um, last month. So I know that you interviewed Diana Byrne yes. previously. <laughs> so yeah, she's the one who actually recruited me to, <laughs> to join up. So um, I'm enjoying that and excited to, you know, help that organization be more visible and, and known and appreciated and everything. So, yeah, so. that's awesome. I didn't, I didn't realize that you were involved yeah. with OBA. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's yeah, new. That's, that's, yeah, that's really cool. As of last month. Yeah, I'm excited. There's going to be a really cool uh, joint meeting in Astoria. We're in, so excited. We're very in excited September one, yeah. with the Washington Ornithological Society. And um, we've got a great speaker. Mm -hmm. And we're going to have field trips in both Oregon and Washington. And it's going to be huge. Great. Yeah. So yeah. how did you get into birding? Oh, gosh. So when I was in fourth grade, I got to take a little elective class and I chose um, a bird class because um, I've always been into nature and so I got to go on little field trips around the school and I remember seeing a box of swifts and some <laughs> other common birds and I got um, an Audubon field guide the red one for the west oh, and yeah. that's like where the birds are organized like by color it's a oh, weird yeah. one yeah <laughs> But I just loved looking through those color plates and um, just got hooked on birds for their, yeah. like, variety. And um, then 
I didn't have any birding mentors. No one in my family was a birder. So I didn't, like, get better at it. (laughs) You you just looked at the book and you looked at birds. I just liked birds. And I, like, my parents would take me out to Savi Island sometime and to Portland Audubon up to their sanctuary. Um, And we'd go to the coast. And I had some old, bad binoculars. (laughs) And so then... Some, like, field... field, uh... What are they called? Like, the field, like, field and stream. These are more like, oh. like nautical binoculars. Oh. <laughs> just like wide set, huge, chunky things. <laughs> and then like fast forward to high school and college, I was kind of busy with other stuff. And I didn't have any friends that were birders. So I just wasn't really doing it much. And then after college, I realized that even though I hadn't studied birds as an undergrad, I'd studied mosquitoes. I wanted to um, study birds in grad school. And so I just threw myself back into it as an adult with a car and it worked a lot better (laughs) because I could could go go out and do things and um, still had the terrible binoculars. (laughs) Do you still have them today? uh, Oh, I don't. (laughs) So in grad school, I finally um, got some good binoculars. My advisor was like, so we're putting this in the grant, and you nice. need some better binoculars. <laughs> so I got, got some decent ones, and um, then a few months later, I met Max, who's now my husband. So then I had a person to go birding with, which is even better, especially <laughs> when you like find yourself at some weird reservoir by yourself you know, yeah. as a woman and another car pulls up and you're like, Oh, I guess when I'm done here. <laughs> so, yeah. So we, we went birding together, um, the day after we met and really, so yeah, so we've been birding together pretty much ever since. That's so, wonderful. Yeah. yeah. So then that just made it so much more fun to have somebody else to bird with. And then when we moved back to Oregon, um, got more serious about keeping county lists here and yeah. stuff like that. And then when we got to write the book, it just, um, the book involves uh, natural history information, as you know, about the birds, but then also uh, where to find each of these 85 birds. And so that took a lot of research. And I didn't want to just use eBird. We wanted to ground truth as much yeah. of it as possible. And so we had to travel all over Western Oregon and, and Western Washington. And That's rough. The sun. I know. Had, had to travel. I know. Like, just <laughs> all over the place. And so... Um, we did that a lot and it just like, basically the more I go birding, the more I want to go birding. I just get like more into it and I want to spend more of my time doing it. So the book really like made me even more of a birder than I already was, if that was possible. Yeah. So, so the, the trips like in, at the last third of the book, I think. Yeah. So there's some weekend trips recommended Were those ones that you guys already did or or were they ones that were put together specifically for the book? Um, or are they kind of like... So we, we put them together to kind of highlight some of those locations and birds that we had talked that, about that you had in found the book to just like give people suggestions of like, well, I want to go see some of these birds. Like, where's a good place to start? So yeah. we're like, well, go to the North Coast in winter or go to yeah. Central Oregon in June, you mm-hmm. know, so we can put together things like, like trips, that. Yeah, yeah put, put together huh. the trips because that's... That was like one of, as I said, one of the fun things we got to do was kind yeah. of do those trips. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. we spent, did a winter trip up to Puget Sound, like taking ferries around and oh, looking for cool. long tailed ducks and stuff. Yeah. And it was so fun. That, that definitely sounds like fun. Yeah. So we wanted to give people some, I mean, we're not travel agents, but you know, give people yeah. like some <laughs> ideas for like how to put that together into a little birding trip yeah. that would just take a weekend. So, um, whether it's here or whether it's anywhere else, what's yeah. been your favorite birding adventure? Oh, that is so hard. Well, I think one of my favorites, about uh, three years ago, Max and I and three of our friends uh, went to uh, South Texas. Oh, and it oh. was the first time, I think, for all of us to go down there. We went to the Rio Grande Valley. Awesome. And we got an Airbnb that had this huge yard that had like green jays and chachalacas and burdens and orioles and stuff just in the yard to start with and so that was you don't even have to leave the house it blew our mind so we went to like you know benson rio grande and just a bunch of the parks down there and um yeah esteriano grande Mm -hmm. and it was like, yeah, my first time seeing a green jay. I got to see like spoonbills all over the place and just got like, I don't know, 40 lifers or something. Like, and even though I'd gone to school in Oklahoma, so like 
and spent time in New Mexico, but still, like, those <laughs> South Texas ones. If it you've was, never been, you you have to go to the Rio Grande yeah, Valley. Absolutely. It's so I would say just, I mean, it was so cool. The food was so good. Like I loved. <laughs> we went to you know good taco places all the time. We got to go yeah. see nice. parrots at dusk in a park, and yeah. it's just like it just felt so like tropical compared to our. It was yeah. ninety degrees there every day in March. You know, coming from this weather, which is cloudy and cool. Um, it's yeah. very Oregon today. Yeah, yeah, it was like a spring break trip, and it rained, I think, every day in Oregon while the we were time. there. So um, we chose wisely, and it just, like, yeah, knocked my socks off. And it wasn't even, like, migration time there. Yeah. That, those are just, like, the winter birds. <laughs> that's just the birds that are just there. Yeah, so I would have to say that's one of my favorites. I have not been to Central or South America since I was like serious birder, mm. and so oh, no. that's a goal of uh, mine. Coming up soon, right? Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> so, um, so you told us a little bit about your book already. Mm-hmm. Um, were you always a writer? Um, I had never been a published writer, just for school. Uh, and so this is the first published and... piece. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. I mean, Max and I had a blog. We actually had a couple blogs, but one was just about our dog, and only our parents read it. But um, we we also have another blog, so that we had written about our birding adventures before and mm-hmm. stuff. But you know, um, Max is a biologist, and he does a lot of academic kind of writing, writes reports for the Forest Service and oh. assessments and things like that. And I kind of went into environmental education after I decided that academia was not for me. So. Um, Timber Press was looking for someone to write a book about birds in the Pacific Northwest. Um, and because they have a kind of a, a line of Northwestern books. Mm -hmm. Okay. So there was already a few in that series and they knew that a bird one would be popular. So they approached one of my friends, my former coworkers at Portland Audubon, and she was like, Oh no, that's not me. Like I'm not, I'm not that person. But I know of a husband and wife who I think would be really good. And so I just like got an email out of nowhere. <laughs> there was more to it than that. We had to write a proposal and stuff. But I think they liked our combination of kind of scientific background and environmental education background yeah. because yeah. the book um, we want it to be really accessible to people who are you know, new birders or haven't studied that much about birds, but it still has a lot of, you know, scientific, like factual information in it. We did a lot of research for it. So I hope that it communicates that, but in a way that's not dry. So did you model it after any other examples or are there any examples of like that? No, it was kind of a new thing. I mean, I decided how to organize it. Mm-hmm. Um, Timber Press was really cool about kind of taking new ideas and allowing us to help them Just letting you run with figure it. out what it would be like. I mean, the editors definitely had some some input, but, you know, we were trying to think about, like, how to organize it. And someone who's clearly not a, um, a birder, suggested alphabetically oh, <laughs> and well, I just course, like yeah, yeah. you know <laughs> just oh just cringe and so um yeah so we were trying to think about it I was like well it's not a field guide because it only has 85 birds in it and mm-hmm. it's it has some identification information but it's not meant to be comprehensive or anything so I thought that putting it in taxonomic order would be weird and so yeah then I came up with just kind of grouping them by some different similarities that they had. So some of them are habitat-based, like the, the beach birds. Some of them, there's like colorful ones. There's ones that sing. There's ones that have long migrations. So I decided to do it just kind of by the birds themselves and, you know, kind of interesting things about them. So you end up with some kind of unlikely combinations in the <laughs> chapters, but... I like the tree trunk birds. I was I, I was gonna ask about the tree trunk birds. So I love woodpeckers. That's my favorite. We put a group. lot of woodpeckers. I, in I was gonna ask, are, are you guys a big fan of woodpeckers? It I seems mean, like it from the book. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, I love woodpeckers, and and so does Max. So yeah, woodpeckers are maybe disproportionately. Uh, I represented. think they're accurately represented. <laughs> yeah, they're, and they're good. We some of them we put in because we knew that people would like them to like. We put all three hummingbirds that you're likely to see. Yeah. 
in in Oregon, like including the Calliope, which is you know pretty range restricted, yeah. but, <laughs> but so cool. But it, but it's a must see bird. It's, exactly. There's not a like, lot of other places you see that. Exactly. Like go see this bird. You'll love it. <laughs> um, and we put like both bluebirds in there. I mean, who doesn't love bluebirds? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, we tried, when we were thinking about what birds to put in, we wanted birds that would appeal to people, and then um, ones that were identifiable. There's not, there's no Impidinax flycatchers in this <laughs> you, you didn't have a Hammonds versus a Willow yeah, in there? Yeah, there's not a bunch of peeps in there. Um, not because we don't like them, but just we wanted it to be more accessible yeah. for, for people that are not ID experts. And yeah. I think that's fantastic. It's, it's a book that you know, we own a hotel in Gannon Beach that I feel comfortable giving to, like, some of our guests. And, like, yeah. here, use this while you're here. Like, you're going to be able to see some of these birds versus yeah. giving them the, the a be- Peterson The beach guy. bird section will be, yeah. you'll see all of these out on the beach. Yeah, so. totally. I mean, it's an easy way to get somebody into it without overwhelming them yes. with all the potentials. Yeah. So, um, we, we in the Portland area, you know, there's a, a pretty good group of young birders yeah. that are, you know, millennial to like young Gen X mm-hmm. um, folks. Like, so why do you think it's important for birders to be social? Well, I mean, it's nice to have somebody to go out in the field with, especially, <laughs> you know, um, for some people that's more important to them than others. But um, I just think it's a great kind of bonding activity and I don't know about other people but for me making friends past school aside from like work you know can be kind of hard oh yeah and like I can't believe how many friends I've made like in the last few years just through birding and getting together with other birders like you know, close to my age and just like meeting new people through that. I had no idea there were that many people like my age because, you know, mostly at like, say the Audubon Society gatherings, you know, historically (laughs) it's been an older crowd and, you know, like I've gone on trips where I was the youngest person there by like 20 years or something. (laughs) Yeah. We we definitely feel that pain. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. When we first started birding, we did a fair number of Portland Audubon uh, trips with Ron. Yeah. Who's awesome. Mm -hmm. And it was usually older folks and everybody would like, at least half the age. Everybody would like disperse afterwards. And it was like, bye guys. (laughs) See you next time. And so I think it's really cool because I always wanted to like go get lunch with somebody afterwards Mm -hmm. and like nobody in that group was interested doing that. So yeah, I think what you guys have all facilitated in the Portland area has been fantastic for that. Yeah. It's, it's been really fun. I mean, some people that I met like have become, you know, close friends of mine or, or we've taken, you know, birding trips together and like, it just adds a lot to the experience for me. I'm kind of an extrovert and I just like, you know, being able to go out and share that fun experience with other people. Definitely. Um, so the trips that you guys talked about in your book, what is your favorite route on it? In it? Oh, or is it like your children? You're not allowed to pick a favorite of, yeah. your, <laughs> of, oh, of your trips. Man. So can I say like, I'm going to say two. I'm going to say a summer one and a winter one because they're kind of divided that way in the book. Um, I would say for summer, uh, Central Oregon. So I guess that's late spring, early summer. Summer comes a little bit later to Central Oregon (laughs) because everything's (laughs) higher elevation. It's still kind of melting. Um, But yeah, the woodpeckers that we talked about, Mm. I just love it there. I like the huge pine trees. I mean, part of it's just like the scenery for me. Yeah. Like the Metolius River has always been one of my favorite places. And it's also like kind of the center of abundance of white-headed woodpeckers for probably the state, I would say. Is the that, world. Yeah, maybe the world. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but they just seem to be easier to find around there than about anywhere else. And then there's just... You know, sap suckers all over the place. There's all kinds of warblers and flycatchers, and there's, yeah. I mean, and it's all just with like jaw dropping beauty as a backdrop. <laughs> I mean, and then you're it's really like close. pine as far yeah. as you can see. Yeah. And, and then like all these gorgeous cascade peaks yeah. and, you know, beautiful rivers and, and everything else. And there's uh, at least one good bakery 
in sisters um, that <laughs> that's a thing that I look for and uh, breweries also and there's also the Three Creeks Brewery in sisters that's a good one. yeah so it is good I really I really like sisters as a home base for that mm-hmm. and then um, my other favorite trip is the one up to um, the Puget Sound and you can't really go wrong but uh, we really like staying in uh, Port Townsend oh, and okay. it has that cool old tiny charm we would stay in this like weird old motel where all of the rooms were named after like I want to say like old tiny prostitutes but I could be cool. <laughs> yeah it's interesting yeah <laughs> so um and just like decorated with really kind of old style furnishings and everything but it's just a cool little maritime town and then you're really close to just a bunch of different kind of bays and places that are good for birding yeah and beaches to walk and it's uh the days are so short up there one of our yeah. trips was in like mid-december and it would just and <laughs> like it was four hours of and, daylight <laughs> yeah it rained the whole time there was like four hours of daylight but then you know the um the salish sea as we call it in the book um is so cool because all of these birds that are a little hard to see in Oregon because they're offshore and the breakers are so large that they're hard to see over those birds come in to the Salish Sea because of the quieter water and then you can actually see them because it's mostly flat (laughs) you can also go on a boat ride in there without getting sick like I do when I try to go out into the ocean so I'm a big fan of that whole area up there and despite the the dark it has its charms in the winter too so I like going up there riding the ferries and everything it's great (laughs) those sound fantastic we're gonna have to Give we've, the we've, Puget we've, Sound more of an effort. I, I was going to say we've done we've done Central Oregon a bunch of times, different times a year. We, yeah. we, we need to go up to the Puget Sound and br- bra- brave the darkness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also nice in the summer, but it yeah. doesn't have all those seabirds because yeah. they're off nesting somewhere else. <laughs> That's really cool. So, uh, do you see a second book in the future, or just as it comes? Um, that is definitely a possibility but i can't say anything for sure about it now but there might be something in the works so so you would you would be open and you would be excited to write something else yeah (laughs) i mean i would i really enjoyed the process last time and um i liked just kind of being an author i love doing like book events and things like that um it was it was really fun and right now i'm working part-time so could be a good time for another project yeah yeah Yeah, well the book is really good and we really enjoyed it yeah thank you thank you for all your hard work doing that yeah (laughs) it was it was a pleasure if not lucrative (laughs) (laughs) Um, so where can people pick up your book so um the book is of course available on amazon um okay but if you live in the northwest it is likely available at independent bookstores near you i mean in portland um my favorite neighborhood bookstore annie blooms always has it in stock Um, powell's often has it in stock at at least one of their stores okay Okay. and um yeah i mean authors often make a little bit more (laughs) when you buy it from a, a real bookstore And real bookstores are awesome and have been a huge support to our book. And the fact that it got to be in its third printing, I think, um, is really comes down to the support of of local bookstores, you know, featuring it and carrying it now six years after it was published. So I just want to give a shout out to those guys. Yeah. Yeah. Shop local. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Well, awesome. Thank you so much. We You're appreciate welcome. it. And Thank we look you forward guys. to seeing more projects. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. It's so nice to meet you guys in person. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you so much, Sarah, for joining us and talking about musty birds and birds you might see in the Pacific Northwest, as well as your journey to creating this, this wonderful yeah, book. Yeah, it was, it was so much fun to sit down with, with Sarah, and she's super nice and super, super engaging. Yeah, and she's done a lot of really cool work and um, has had just a lot of experience it's it's fun to listen to yeah it was so coming up next for us we have 
in a couple weeks, we're going to, back to San Diego Woo-hoo. for the San Diego Bird Fest. Uh, we're going to be doing biking and birding and a couple workshops. Um, I, think one of the, I think one of the workshops is full. Oh, no. Well, it'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. It'll, it'll be fun. It'll be lots of fun. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get up in front of, like, I assume full means that there's only five pe- five seats and they sold all five seats. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then that's fine. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not going to be 5,000 uh, who knows <laughs> um, so after that in March we're going to the Champions of the Flyway and a lot is real uh, which also pairs with their lot birding festival so yeah. some of our listeners might be going to that yeah we'll, we'll try to I think we're getting there for the last two days of the festival I think so I don't know if we'll have a chance to go to it but we'll try we'll just be dealing with jet lag yeah seriously well usually we'll, we'll be okay I think with the timing of the pl- flights and stuff we'll see yeah um, so in then April, we're going to be, uh, guiding at the Pacific City Birding and Blues Festival mm-hmm. down here in Pacific City, Oregon. Yeah. Right, right on the coast, uh, at the other Haystack Rock. <laughs> the other Haystack. Not the real one. <laughs> yeah, the real one's ours. They're, theirs is just the other. <laughs> um, and then in May, we're doing that big, uh, Midwest trip going to the Great Texas Birding Classic, doing a couple events with that, as well as, uh, just hanging around the biggest week in birding in mm-hmm. Ohio, and then following that up with um, guiding and speaking at the Indiana Dunes Birding Festival. Yeah, so that'll all be a ton of fun, and I can't wait to keep moving forward and get get all this stuff going. And I hope we see <laughs> you at some of it. Yeah, seriously. And uh, thank you guys all for listening to our podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and or learned something new. Please, 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 please rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Music, and anywhere else that you can hear us. We love getting reviews, even even if they're not positive. Because I, I like to... I like to, Because if it's negative, you're still thinking about us when you're writing it. So it's, <laughs> you're just, like, really mad about us. Yeah, which, which is fine with me. I hate them, and I'm going to tell them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you'd like to connect with us on the socials, that came from a review we read last episode. Yeah, Andrea. <laughs> to, on the on the socials, we can be found at Hannah Goes Birding and Eric Goes Birding on Instagram. Hannah with an H, Eric with a K. And on our Facebook page, Hannah and Eric Go Birding. Or email us at Hannah, Eric, Hannah and Eric Go Birding at gmail.com. On Twitter, we're at We Go Birding. And then our website is We Go... No, it's not. No. Our website <laughs> is www.gobirdingpodcast.com. Yeah, so we have a lot of birding-related things within our name, so... Hopefully that points you to what we like. Generally, if you just type in, like, go birding, I think it might find us. It might find us. Anyways, um, tell us what you liked, tell us what you didn't like, um, and then share us with your friends. Ah! Ah!